Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Yellow. How's it going, buddy? Fantastic. Nice to see your smiling face across here two weeks in a row. I know, right? Uh, tell you, you've been a busy boy, that's for yes. sure. Yes, yes, it's been a busy time. Winter is a busy time this year. Yeah. Uh, anything new happening? Not too much. Just uh, working away, trying to get some projects done in the house and, you know, doing a little bit of woodworking and stuff, just keeping busy. So, Yeah, it's going to be our spring. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing the, redoing the up upstairs bathroom, redoing the uh, front porch banisters and all that. Got to restain, strip and restrain the cedar garage door. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, replace a couple of garden gates. That sort of stuff. Rip down the rest of the back deck. Oh, you're going to get rid of all of it, eh? I'm getting rid of the deck completely. Hmm. We don't need a deck. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to put one of those little things, like cement stairs that came with the house sort of thing. Yeah. Let's put one of those <laughs> there down to some patio. We prefer the grass anyway. Yeah. You know, put a couple of patio st- stones there that I can put the barbecue mm-hmm. on and leave the rest all nice grass and garden. There you go. Why do we need the deck or big patio? Mm-hmm. I don't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we got a lot of projects uh, on the go for this summer as well. Oh, and I've also got to replace the motion detector laid on my garage. Oh. Somebody broke it. Me. Really? I'm somebody. <laughs> 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 yeah, I was replacing the lights, and I noticed it's on all the time, so I'm thinking when cars are going by on the road, it's setting it off. Yeah. So I went to move it down and in the cold weather. It snapped. Oh it's yeah. Just plastic. It's, it's, it's plastic. It's old. been out in the sun. So the plastic's yeah. weakened and <laughs> time for a new one. Duct so. tape. Oh, <laughs> good for another 20 like years. I wouldn't have thought of that already. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just going to replace all that and yeah. whatnot. So yeah. You ever have one of those where everything seems like all the lights seem to blow at the same time? We went through a phase this year. We think the house is mad at us. So the, what is it? The furnace broke down. One of the freezers broke down. Our uh, humidifier broke. I still have to install a new one. The front door, the the bolt lock, it broke. The doorbell broke. What else was there? Oh, we got a leaky toilet. We have to change the, the, the valve in it or the, the fill thing because it just constantly runs. It's just like we were thinking, is the house mad at us? What's going on? <laughs> but it was like every week you something just need new to, broke. Like, throw the house away and get a new one. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just so strange. It's like another thing. What's going on? The house is haunted. Something's going on. <laughs> yeah, that how you go. So, but yeah, with us, it was like a basement light went, uh, main floor light went, the back light went, then one of the motion detector lights went. Are these the new modern lights, LEDs and stuff? No, no, no. Those suckers don't last as long as they say. 10,000 hours or something like that. I'm sorry, it's not been 10,000 hours. I've been (laughs) counting. That should have been a couple of years from now. But uh, nope, Um, just uh, dealing with the temperature fluctuations that are happening lately. One day it's cold, the next day it's warm, the next day it's freezing, the next day it's okie doke. Like he, there's uh, I was talking to some people at work about uh, about ice fishing and stuff. And they're saying that uh, there there was rain, then there was snow. So they've got there's like a, you know a so good solid base of ice. Then there's like a couple inches of slush, and then there's a crusty ice layer, and then there's snow. And and it's like you have to be careful where you're walking. Oh, um, um, who's doing the cross 
Ontario. Lure the North. Lure the North. Yeah. So they, they've come across so much slush. Yeah. And they're saying it's just, it's one heck of a time because their, their snowshoes are so heavy with slush. Yeah. And they, everywhere they cross water, it's just like slush. We went to uh, Algonquin, I guess it be going on 10 years ago now or so. And we went in winter camping across Canoe Lake. So we hauled into Canoe Lake. We went up one of the portages in Algonquin there and then off from there. But when we were crossing across Canoe Lake, it was like, oh, look at that beautiful snow across the top. Mm -hmm. No, that was a little bit of snow on top of about four inches of slush. (laughs) So when you start mixing that slush with the snow and it gets on your snowshoes. How thick was the ice though? Oh, the, the, the ice was... I think the one spot was about 17 inches. Oh, you did measure. You did oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was quite thick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just the surface layer that was warm and uh, turned into slush. And yeah, you're just dragging that and it collects on everything then starts collecting on your sled. And if you're the fourth <laughs> guy through. Oh, I know, right? Uh, it's all, all the water's lifted to the surface. and Yeah. It's almost like, no. worth it just breaking new trail for yourself. Yeah. It's been a weird winter. Like, it's nice that, like, it's been so many years since we had a decent amount of snow. So it's nice to get the snow again and the colder temperatures, but uh, it's the fluctuations. It's like you have have a spring season once a month. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You go through spring and uh, spring, winter, spring, and uh, and summer throughout each month. Yeah. yeah. So what is it? This week, it's already been a couple days where it's above... Above zero and then down to minus 15 and then above zero. And it's like, wow, this is so weird. Well, there's nothing like jumping in your truck at six in the morning and looking at the thermometer there and it says zero plus one. Yeah. And you're <laughs> like, okay, walking out to your truck, you're taking the winter jacket off, <laughs> putting in the back. So you're just yeah. driving in a hoodie. Yeah. You know, we'll warm up the truck. Well, I think it's already warm, you know, <laughs> but eh, hopefully there's uh, another couple of cold snaps just to. Yeah. Give things a good freeze before the final thaw happens for the season. Although I am looking forward to the final thaw. I want to, I'm going to be getting out on the water a whole lot more this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I know the farmers are happy about all the snow. Well, they like the, the snow with the deep frost underneath, right, to freeze. Yeah. Give the ground a good freeze. Well, give the ground a good freeze, but it also the all this all this snows is lots of watershed. So mm-hmm. it's uh, the last five years has been every summer has been way too dry. So there's there's going to be a lot of water in the reservoirs this year, and uh, and uh, so you know I hear Saskatchewan and stuff like that. They're very excited about their uh, their growing season because of all the uh, snow base that they've got. Oh, hopefully so, continues. Mm-hmm. A little, every little bit helps. Yeah. Well, we were up enjoying the snow on the weekend. Family mm-hmm. day here in Ontario. It's only in Ontario, right? I think. Uh, well, they call it different in different provinces, but yeah, it's family yeah, day. Family Ontario. day here in Ontario. Yeah. So we went up to Mew Lake for the annual um, winter in the wild. Although they, it was canceled, but it wasn't canceled, sort of thing. Uh, they weren't advertising it. It was subdued. The, it was the, the regular winter yeah. in the wild. Come up mm-hmm. and see all this sort of stuff. But there's there's enough people that go up every year anyway. Yeah. That they put on a couple of, of events and a couple of um they did the boardwalk trail guided hike and which they by the way Billy Beaver's Boardwalk Trail. <laughs> First I heard of that. Uh-huh. So when we were up at New Year's, Trace and I we did the, the, the trail and uh the 
they've, they've stuck signs at different locations. Because you know how you have the guidebook and there's post number four, post number five. Here's what happens. Okay, you yes. You see all this, yes. this giant dead tree. Well, that's here's how it benefits the forest. You continue on. Post number six. What you see before you is a typical boggy, swampy thing. And here's the stuff you're going to see in it, like the... Uh, not the Venus flytrap, so the pitcher plants yep. and stuff, blah, 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 and then continue on. And post seven, what you see before you is a beaver dam. And if you look farther down the lake, you'll see his lodge. That's where the beavers live. And it's the educational yeah. trail things. That's good. Well, they've changed things up because they've put big signs now. And the signs, this is Wilma Wolf, and oh. this is where she hangs out sort of thing or would hang out, and here's why they like the boardwalk and the, this area and the beaver meadows for mm-hmm. their young in the spring and all that sort of stuff. Then you go along and there's, I don't know, Alvin the Aardvark or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember all the names and, and what they are. There's uh, the, the Jays, but there's Billy Beaver. Is the it's Billy Beaver's boardwalk? Okay, yeah, yep. trail or bog bog spruce boardwalk, whatever trail. Uh, but they had a guided hike there, so they took you around all these posts, and here's what the post says, and here's yeah. Anybody got any questions about you know that sort of thing? And they did a couple little things uh, at the park at the New Lake Campground itself, sort of thing, just educational to. Oh my God, these kids are driving me nuts. Let's, let's take them over there and let them deal with them. <laughs> sort of thing. So yeah, it wasn't, uh, it was still family day, winter in the wild, but it really wasn't promoted as such. Yep. But uh, they had the big warming fire and warming tent there and the ice rink and, and the, the the campground was full. Oh yeah? Yeah. Oh yeah, it was still full. There's so- maybe one or two spots that weren't... Uh, uh, being used at the time. Except people in non-electrical sites? Oh, yeah. People yeah. in non-electrical and electrical sites. Uh, but there's there's a, the people that, you know, the minute you hear there's going to be any type of precipitation, well, we're not going. Yeah. Right? So it was uh, supposed to be a little bit of snow, maybe a light rain at one point, like drizzle sort of mm-hmm. thing. Uh, so that right off the bat, you go, oh, there's going to be snow. Well, we're not going. Hmm. Mixture of hot tenters and cold tenters. There were some trailers. Um, a lot of people are doing the uh, ice fishing, portable ice fishing hut thingies, oh, okay. conversions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we saw a couple of Alacnacs. The, oh, Alac- the Alacnac, that's the one you were talking about? From uh, Bass Pro or what's the other place? Oh, the pop-up winter, it's an ice fishing hut. Yeah. yeah. No, no, it's not an ice fishing hut. Oh. It's a winter, like it's a, it's a, a tent. Mm-hmm. But it, what's the other place? Not Bass Pro. What's the other place? That Canadian you, Outdoor Equipment. No, um, it's like Bass Pro, but it's the one, I say Bass Pro when you say this. Potato? This show all the time. <laughs> this, <laughs> that store. What's that store you always call it? Not Bass Pro. I don't know. It's the one down in the States. I don't know. How do you not know? You say it every time. <laughs> not today, I don't, apparently. You're a weenie. <laughs> anyway, it's like Bass Pro, but different. Yeah. Uh, apparently, they tend to hold the moisture in. It doesn't breathe like oh. the canvas does. Mm-hmm. And it's the dark green one with the windows and okay. and all that sort of stuff. Uh, 
So we saw a couple people with a couple of those, and yeah, the the ones with the the pop up uh, winter fishing um, tents there. Saw a few people with those. Saw some people cold camping with the regular four yep. season tent mm-hmm. sort of things and different types of conversions. If you know people, people if they want to get out, they're going to do what they can to get exactly, out there, yeah. Right? And a lot of a lot of hot tents. Snow trekkers are there's more and more snow trekkers every year, mm-hmm. right? And we had a lot of people come by look at our circus tent. <laughs> yes, uh, the a took a took Cree. Yeah, uh, a lot of people came by to check that one out, and you know they're like, yeah, it looks pretty big, and they stick their head in. And they're like, good lord, this is huge inside. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like Doctor Who's TARDIS. It's bigger on the inside, yeah. right? <laughs> Cabela's. Oh, Cabela's. I say Bass Pro and you always say Cabela's. Do I? You do. Uh, sorry. <laughs> What's Cabela's? I've never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> that will be a beating come commercial break. <laughs> we'll be back right after commercial. <laughs> we'll be right back after this my, beating. I hurt. <laughs> we'll be right back after this beating. I need HR. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, there there's a lot of a lot of um, a lot of tents up there, trailers. Like I say, the yeah. whole a lot of the regular people that go every year that you always see. So it's nice to get together and, and uh, socialize with them. More people are starting to socialize, not keep the social distance as much Uh-oh. as they used to. Okay, yeah. I mean, there's there's people. You know, people are still keeping their distance, just not the full six feet as much mm-hmm. as. But you'll see the ones that are still keeping it in the brain. I think it's a lot of it's just excitement of seeing everybody. I see people. I see people. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of what it is. So they're out there and, you know, they're chatting around the fire. And as it gets colder in the evening, they start moving in, moving in. And, you know, of course, everybody's having a couple of wobbly pops or something like that. uh, But, you know, for the most part, everybody's doing their social distance thing. The bathroom's still having their, their... Two people, three people okay, in yeah, there, yeah. wear your mask in there, yeah. that that sort of stuff. So all the protocols haven't been tossed right out mm-hmm. the window. Uh, the temperatures went from about minus 25 at the beginning. When we went, we went up Friday. Uh, by the time we left Monday, it was zero plus one wow. Celsius. That, so minus 25 Celsius to, minus, to plus one Celsius is... Minus 13 Fahrenheit to plus 34. That sounds so much hotter, plus 34. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but that's Fahrenheit. Yeah. So we did the four days, three nights thing. We went up, uh, and it was nice that we had all our gear pretty much already sitting there from New Year's. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, this is all the gear we use. Yeah. Except for, you know, yeah, we we got a couple things we have to wash or a couple things we needed to change. Dry out. Or, or, dry out, yeah. that sort of stuff. But for the most, it did. Didn't take us all that long to get everything back together. Uh, our, we did have to buy a couple new things. We bought a new tarp to go under the floor boards because uh, the one we had at New Year's it was just letting the water up. Oh, okay. It was too old, so mm-hmm. it was it wasn't as heavy duty tarpy as yeah. it used to be back in the day. <laughs> uh, we bought some foam pads because our floor is ten by ten. The wood shape floor. of your old tent. Yeah, it's, it's just square floor. Uh, the new tent is 12 by 17. So we got some of those foam pads to put over top of the ice mm-hmm. at each end. Stop it from melting. We weren't um, 
the 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 one end that had the foam pads had a table on top of it. The other end that had a foam pad had our beds beside it. So half the bed was on it and then there was a little bit of space mm-hmm. because it's a point on the end. It's not a flat wall there. Yeah. Uh, and then there was the one side of the tent at the back of the tent there. We had the big line where we could put them, but that's where our chairs would sit and stuff like that. So we got those and, um, you know, like as we went along, we're, we're slowly making tweaks to our system in the tent. Yep. You know, we, we've as been using, do, yeah. yeah, we've been using the 10 by 10 for, for, you know, a few years and had everything pretty much down pat and how we used it in there. One of the things was we have those disco beds, mm-hmm. right? So you can use them as two separate cots or you can use them as bunk beds. There you go, yeah. Right? So at New Year's, we use them as two separate cots so that, you know, Tracy's not trying to climb up and down the whole yeah. thing. And she did find that she was noticing the cold more up through hers, right? Okay, yeah. So if, as a bunk bed. So we decided this time. Let's throw it as a bunk bed because mm-hmm. if cold doesn't affect me as much as it affects her. So that way she's higher yep. up longer. So when all the cold, the, the heat is dissipated from the lower level mm-hmm. and the sto- like in the middle of the night when the stove goes out, at least it'll linger. The heat will linger longer higher where she mm-hmm. is because, you know, hot air rises. That's just science, right? Uh, and that way, when she's starting to get a bit, or if I notice it's getting a bit chilly, then I get up and I throw some logs on the fire. Well, don't really, I just got to lean over because the stove's that far away. <laughs> That's um, handy. <laughs> just throw some, some logs into the, the fire there. And it, it goes enough to take the chill out of the air. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, you're not walking around nude hot in there. Oh, would but hope not. <laughs> you could walk around That's with. That's quite the uh, picture. <laughs> Stop picturing that. <laughs> uh, what do you do when you're when you're winter camping? I walk around the tent naked in the middle of the night <laughs> with all the lights on. With people all can see the, the lights on. The, uh, just just like uh, the Austin Powers. Yeah. Thing. yeah. Uh, so no, I I can just put that on, and then you know, it just it's just enough to take the coolness out of the air. Where if you do want to get up, um. You know, you can wander around in, in your T-shirt and stuff like that and not freeze to death. Yeah. Right? So that's 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 cool. So like I say, we decided to do that. Now, one of the things actually Marion Sontag had talked about was maybe hanging a, a blanket off the other side. And I'm thinking, well, if to I... To make the room smaller, you mean? No, no, off the other side of the bunk bed. Oh, so it's a so layer. Because right now, any heat comes through my, like the under, under Tracy mm-hmm. and above me, right? Yeah. So it comes across the top of my bunk, my bed, mm-hmm. and then just continues on to heat the far wall. Yeah. But if I hung a blanket there. It makes sense. It yeah. would like just keep that heat from passing it over It would bounce me, back. And, and it would stay so, over yeah. in my And little... you'd have that uh, air barrier between yeah. the tent wall and the blanket. Yeah. That's, that's a good idea. So we're going to look at that for that. And like I say, it's these little tweaks that mm-hmm. y- you start to take note of. So we're going to do that. There are... Um, a couple of loops, like canvas loops at the top of the tent. And what you were saying there, we were looking at that thinking this summer, if we can get some sort of lightweight blanket or something, mm-hmm. if we can make it so we can cut off, I think I'd cut off about six feet at the far end of the tent. Okay. And that way we've, in the middle of the night, we've only got a heat 
11 feet of t- like exactly, an 11 yeah. by 12 yeah. section right yeah. that's all we've got to heat at mm-hmm. night and then the rest of the stuff on the other side of that um, blanket wall yeah it can stay cold that's where you put stuff to freeze like yeah. your eggs that's where you put your eggs to freeze and <laughs> which apparently is was an issue for a few people this week past weekend um but yeah you know your, your cooler can be down there and couple of your chairs can be down there, that sort of thing. Stuff that doesn't matter if it gets cold. Yeah. So, yeah, all that can sit down there and uh, stay cold. And then in the morning, you just take that down and then you just continue to heat the whole um, whole tent, right? Yeah. So, again, that's the, that, that just minimizes how much, you know, using your heat and stuff like that, your resources for more efficiently. Exactly, yeah. Were. Why heat uh, 17 feet of tent when you only have to... F- <laughs> heat 11 feet of 10 yeah. sort of thing, right? <laughs> so these are the sort of tweaky thingies that we're, we're doing. Uh, setting up as bunk beds also allowed us just to keep our chairs up all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Because last time we were putting chairs where, you know, over by the door. So in the middle of the night, like we'd pack the, the, fold the chair up so that if we get up in the middle of the night to go out, then... Um, we're not bumping into a chair or yep. something like that. Exactly. Right? So yeah, it really allowed us to not have to be moving stuff around all the time. And then during the day, like everything just gets thrown on the beds, you know, like extra jackets. It becomes um, a shelf. Yeah. yeah. Your beds become a storage. And then at night, all that stuff can then go onto the chair. Mm-hmm. Right. So that worked out well. We didn't bring as much gear this time because we had two of these big Rubbermaid tubs last time filled with yeah. One with gear and one with some gear and food. Well, oftentimes with stuff like that, you, it's like, man, I dra- hauled that, all that stuff out there yeah. and I never touched it, never used well, it. Well, and that's exactly what we were figuring out from the last time. So this time, instead of the second tub, um, I brought the little, small little blue barrel we have. Oh, okay. Yeah. So with food got stuck into there mm-hmm. and a couple of the little things fit into there and there was stuff that we didn't need that we just left here and stuff. And that actually worked out better. That's good. That we didn't uh, yeah. need all that extra. We had a halogen work light. Um, one of those yellow halogen work. And they gave off a lot of heat. Yeah. Like burny, burny, melty, melty type <laughs> heat. Which is great for heat in the tent, but really you don't need the heat all the time. You know what? With the with the smaller 10 by 10 esker we had, you'd throw that on and it would actually add some heat to that yeah. tent. Mm-hmm. But- uh, at New Year's, we had it. We didn't realize we were, somebody was leaning against it. Oh. Well, they weren't oops. leaning against it, but their pant, their their yeah. um, uh, snow pant yeah. was against it. So all of a sudden they, what's that smell? Oh, look at something. <laughs> That's me. I'm on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm melting. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that, that was one of the things. So we went to Home Depot. And picked up this Husky 3500 lumen LED work light. How bright was it? Does it significant? It was, oh, yeah. It was perfect. Um, I was just it, looking it at... It was more than what we needed. So is it plug-in? It plugs in. So it's a, it's a, for the hydro yeah. site. We, okay. we had an electric site, right? But on the back, there's a plug. So if you wanted to plug your cell phone into charge, oh, you can plug your cell phone. It's got into a USB charge. port, sorry. Yeah, it also has a USB port. Huh? It's got a regular plug and a USB port. So it works as a power bar and a charging and a charging unit, hmm. right? So we got that for like 
60 bucks, I think, at right. uh, Home Depot. Uh, yeah, just a Husky work light. Uh, it adjusts, turns, spins, adjusts up and down. 3,500 lumen, that's a lot. Yeah. It lit up to 10 enough that when I stood outside to take a picture, it was... I saw the picture. That was yeah. pretty good. That, I was thinking of the... Uh, that was this. <laughs> this light. So I was I was actually looking at uh, a 1,000 um, lumen Husky light at Home Depot there last night. And uh, I thought about it, but then I just left it on the shelf. It's like, oh, that's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. It takes double A's. But it's like one of yeah. those things, I don't want to be dependent on double A's, right? Well, and that's why we got this. I mean, the other one, we got another little one that has... Um, like a light that has batteries in it. Mm-hmm. We can take that. That lights up enough as well when we're there. Yeah. You know, uh, we could put that up, put the barrel beside our, between our two chairs, put that on there and, you know. Yeah. Um, it, it's a, it's enough light to do. It must still get hot. Eh? These LEDs, they still get hot. Well, that's, no. I put, I was had my hand, it had been oh, going yeah? for a few hours. I had my hand on it. There you go. It was warm enough, but mm-hmm. it wasn't like burning. I can't touch that. Yeah, okay. It's going to burn my hand cool. hot or anything. So. Yeah. Um, we did, something else we did is in the mornings we were boiling our water. We had our coffee and stuff like that. We boiled more water. And I've got this metal thermos thing that I got uh, from from work. And we filled that up with hot water. That thing will keep water hot for like two days. Oh, wow. Really? So put the lid on, went out for our day, came home. Of course, the fire's been out for ages. Yeah. Uh, usually when we come back at the end of the day, everything's warm or cool. Yeah. So I'll take the tray out of the fire and go dump it in the fire pit so we can start a new fire with yeah. no more colds. Nothing's, you know, a little bit of housekeeping sort of thing. Start a new fire. But while we're waiting for the fire to catch and new wood to start heating up the tent, we've got this thing of like still boiled hot water. Mm-hmm. Um, we we made a I made a couple of hot chocolates with it. Okay, and we still had to wait for that hot chocolate to cool down. <laughs> oh, That's wow. how hot that thing was. So how how long was it sitting in the thermos? That was in the thermos. We left about ten. We were back. That's probably about for five, six, seven hours. Huh. Yeah, seven hours, and we're still hot. I need to see like this thermos. I need to get one of those. It's up on our, remind me when you had yeah. notes on our uh, kitchen table. Um, but yeah, we relaxed. Tracy was knitting. I was reading. I finished my uh, Jeremy Clarkson at Clarkson's yeah. Farm. Yeah. He's, uh, got, he did a book. Oh, okay. Jeremy Clarkson, everybody knows him from the Motor Tour Top Gear. Yes. Top Gear TV show. Uh, but he's guess i'm not sure what happened but he's no longer with the show so he's taken up his farming on his actual farm because the guy okay. that was looking after it for him yeah. retired he's got a farm in the cotswolds mm-hmm. so he did a, t- a, a tv show called clarkson's farm and it's all about him learning to farm for the- if you've not watched clarkson's farm yeah watch it hilarious <laughs> uh I, I won't give you spoilers but yeah it's it's the best uh, reality TV, <laughs> you'll watch. It's hilarious. So I was reading his book, 230 yeah. pages or whatever, finished that in a couple of days. And uh, we did a day trip into the backcountry because Mark Rabino, Mark yes. Garster, uh, Scott Rogers, Scott Rogers yeah. they were back there with a couple buddies 
doing a backcountry site. Mm-hmm. So everybody says, oh, you're, you're glamping in the front country and you got your plug-ins and your- Yeah, you can't crush on people. You, know, you can't push people down for that. It's like, you know what? I enjoy both. I enjoy backcountry. I enjoy front country. You do their well, things. People that have never been backcountry camping and are enjoying this, you get this thing like, I think that'd be awesome to go back there and do that. So Tracy, I know she gets that. Well, we should do backcountry one day. So, well, let's go back. And we'll see what it's like back there because these guys Perfect. are set up. Yeah. So we did the hour and a half walk back. Mm-hmm. And they've got the big two foot deep ring <laughs> yeah. in yeah. the snow. The melt hole. Oh, the melt hole from the, the outside fire. They had three tents set up. Um, and then, you know, it's it's like you, there's the hole in the lake where you've got to break it every morning yeah. because it's frozen over. <laughs> in the trees there, there's a log across, you know, two trees. There's your bathroom sort of thing. <laughs> and Marcus, when we got there, they had a fire going. Marcus was doing some ribs. So he's got um, he was doing surgi- ribs. Nice. Sur- surgical gloves. Okay. Right? Sanitary. So he puts the surgical gloves on and they're, they're basically got to heat them up. Mm-hmm. But you put them on and you're, they're cooking them and then he gives everybody a pair so they can use them while they're eating. And Because the thing is, and, and this is what Tracy You can't wash thinking, your hands. Where are you going to wash your hands? Yeah. I mean, you know, just go boil some water, bring some wipes. There's ways sure. around it sort of. But if things are not as easy mm-hmm. in the winter, that country exactly. as they are. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, it's it's a lot more work backcountry camping yeah. in the winter. Um, then front country camping in the winter oh, for sure, absolutely. or even summer camping. I mean, yeah. is a breeze when you start looking at that. So we're walking back and Tracy goes, it'd be kind of cool to do, but yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of extra work, but you know what? It's uh, it to each their own, right? I, yeah. I enjoy both. I, and, I uh, enjoy both. Yeah. And I looked at their setup there and I was thinking, you know what? They've got three tents for seven guys. There's seven of them. One was there seven or six? Maybe there was six. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, six. Sorry, six of them. Mm-hmm. Six. I'm sure there was. Am I missing somebody? Six or seven, anyway. Yeah. Um, with three tents, I'm I'm looking at our tent, thinking if there was six of us, you could all fit in the one. We tent. could fit in my tent. Yeah. One stove, one tent. You're not hauling three and all tents the gear, in the backcountry. Yeah. And all the gears split between everybody else. Everybody's yeah. towing yeah. in a really one light. One tent, one stove. Yeah. Everybody yeah. else has got a really, really light mm-hmm. sled. Yeah. Except for the guy carrying it. But because, I mean, even my tent, it folds down pretty small. Yeah. You know, to, for the size of it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the stove, somebody's got the stove. Somebody's got the T-bar for for the for the tent. Um, and maybe the, the chainsaw and... Uh, um, the auger to make your hole. Yeah. And then your gear split between everybody else sort of thing. That's not too bad. Mm-hmm. All right. So anyway, stay tuned for next year. Yeah. There may be an extra <laughs> winter camping trip added to the, yeah. to the program. This winter was pretty busy for me. I've been invited twice to go winter camping. I had to turn it down, but uh, next year, gosh, darn it. I'm going Watch my language. I'm, I'm not Gosh Ellen. darn, golly gee whiz. <laughs> Gosh darn it. Dag nabbit. <laughs> I'm not Alan Drummond. I can't get away with that stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, and backcountry, you know, yeah, like I say, you're you're finding your wood. you got to cut down the wood constantly. It's not like we can just drive over to the park and yeah. buy a bag yeah. sort of stuff. And So, 
Yeah. Um, but you know what? Yeah, it, it's it's we've we did that hike. We did some stuff around, did, you know, looking around the trails. Went uh, did some pictures up and down Highway 60 there because there's a couple ice waterfall thingies off the okay. rocks and stuff. So it was a really relaxing time. Uh, another trick that we've we've done or doing now is that, that when we tear down the tent uh, on the day we leave, you have your breakfast, right? Which yep. usually to me, when you go, okay, we're going to have breakfast, we'll pack up, we'll you know tear down the tent, we'll leave. When I get up in the morning, I start, okay, well, get dressed and all that sort of stuff and make it, put some hot water on. I'll, I'll have a drink of water. I don't need a coffee. I'm not really hungry for breakfast. You and will be later. You know what? I don't know why. <laughs> but even this time, we didn't bring all the food because yeah. we, did, we we brought so much food back last mm-hmm. at New Year's because yeah. we're just not eating it. And I'm yeah. like, this is me all the time. Yeah. I bring all this food and then when I'm back country, I just don't eat it. Yeah. Right? But what, what I am doing now is because the stove is the last thing to be removed from the tent. Yeah. We get the beds out. We get the, the our clothes out. We get our gear out, the tables out, the chairs out. So the only thing is the stove, the tent, lift up the floor, and we're gone. Yeah. I put a full pot of hot water, on, or, well, cold water, but on the stove. So it heats up. Yeah. Right? While you're doing everything, the stove is burning down. Heating that your water. water is heating. Everything's in the truck. Sto- the pot comes out, gets put on the tailgate or on the picnic table, whatever. Stove comes out, pipes come out. While Tracy's started cleaning the, because uh, we we put a toilet brush on a pole and we scrub all the creosote and crap oh, okay, out of yeah, the yeah. pipes while we're there, right? Because yeah. the days of I'll do that when I get home, <laughs> it never happens. And then next year, <laughs> oh, you know what we never did at the end of last season? <laughs> those things are still ah, filled with those soot. things are still filled with creosote <laughs> and everything else. So we're just doing it there. So while she's doing that, I get out the majority of the um, spikes, yeah. right? And that hot water, because we only have like two or three that give us a problem. Mm-hmm. That hot water is, is enough you, to you, you, break you, them free. You pour it around the the spike that's yeah. stuck, and it's enough to free it, mm-hmm. as opposed to <laughs> swearing and hitting yeah. and bashing things and bending your Trying spikes. Trying to break it in half, yeah. Wondering whether you should just <laughs> drive it further into the ground so no one trips on it and they can find it in the spring or you just bend it flat or, or what you do, right? Uh, so, yeah, so that's one of the other little tips that we've been mm-hmm. doing the last, uh, we're, we're going to keep doing that one. Um, what else? I think that was about it. It was all in all. It was a, it was a pretty good weekend. Well, you we know, a lot of fun. So one thing I wanted to discuss with you, you now you had mentioned earlier that you had some some water melt, and uh, so I've experienced that in the past. But all I had was uh, I didn't have a floor and floor system. Like if if I'm backcountry, I put some uh, some boughs down. Yeah. But front country, I would just I, I now the last time I did it, I just put a tarp down. Which is super slippery. Yes. I do have a piece of green in outdoor carpet that I roll up and bring with me for front country camping. And that's pretty good. That's that's a pretty good insulator. But uh, the stove, I can't put the stove on top of that green carpet because it'll melt if I get sparks or whatever on it. So, and you were saying you had some melt water. We found, yeah, a bit of an issue because when we had the 10 by 10. Yeah. 
same stove that we've got now, the uh, the Nyko Alaskan. Mm-hmm. We never had an issue with melting. And like we would tear everything up and you could barely tell that there was a tent there. Okay. Right. Well insulated. Well insulated. Never, never any problems. Now with this bigger tent, Mm -hmm. we're getting melting under everything like big time melting. Yeah. So we, yeah, we have a, we bought a brand new tarp, uh, which the tent is 12 by 17. The tarp is 12 by 16. Okay. Right. So it covers pretty much the entire yeah. bottom. Uh, and then we put our 10 by 10 floor right in the middle of this tarp, mm-hmm. right? So there's around the periphery is not totally covered. Now the stove, you know, it's it still gets hot like it did in the smaller tent, but now it's just got to heat the big tent. Yeah. So it doesn't, we're not constantly dying of heat and having to open the doors like we used to in the, the small tent, but we are having... The melt issues now under hmm. our stove, and uh, you're walking on the floor, the wood floor, yeah. and you're hearing it. It sounds like you're walking on a waterbed. Oh, it's just like <laughs> slosh, slosh, slosh. Oh, this slosh, isn't good. Slosh. So what had happened? The more it melted, it would shoot the water out the door. Yeah, and then like underneath from under the tarp, and then when it rolled back because we were sort of in a dip, they'd roll back. On top of the tarp. On top of the tarp underneath the wood floor. So it'd be oh, between the tarp and the wood now. So then if you stepped the right way, the water would squish up and then go along the top. Yeah. So I got a soaker one morning. <laughs> <laughs> so we pulled all that. We, we got, we dealt with all that, tore the tent down and everything like that. Put the, the wood in the truck. Then we took up the big tarp and there was a six to seven inch deep hole. Wow. I mean, it's where the stove was. I think there was a pike or a pickerel or something (laughs) (laughs) where the stove was. It was, it was a huge hole. I, we've never had a a melt like that. Yeah. So I, I don't know why it would melt. I'm sure there's some thermal Mm -hmm. explanation, maybe because it's has that. (laughs) I don't know. Radiolysis. Uh, but yeah, we had that big melt there that we've never had before. So I'm going to try a couple different things and for next season and maybe put a thicker piece of wood under the stove yeah. or I don't know. It was two, maybe three years ago when we went up, we were, uh, on the site we're on. So we, we, in the summer, I would never have put the tent where I do in the winter. Mm-hmm. So this was in a dip and it's like, yeah, whatever it's no. Anyways, with the uh, the whole weekend, I periodically would have to uh, hold the uh, tent door open, and I got a, I had a small bucket, and uh, I would just scoop water. We probably took about 60, 60 or so buckets of water out of that tent. Yeah, and it was just it was ridiculous. It was it was pooling. The uh, the floor was floating. Like we uh, we put the the uh, the stove on sticks of wood to keep it away from the the snow, but it still was directly above the snow, and uh, things were starting to float. And uh, we had to be careful where we walked. the The tarp we put on the floor to keep our feet dry was floating on water. It was like this is ridiculous. So uh, it's yeah, it's uh, and I think what the problem is is on a backcountry site, you'd have water flow away. But the these sites at Mew Lake, for example, are used so much that they get hard packed. They're uh, they get ice covered, oh, a sol- and so solid ice. the water has no place to go. There's yeah. no there's there's no 
ground to filter it away, right? Mm-hmm. It's it just sits there like a like a bowl of water. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's one of the things we're thinking. How do we fix this? How do we get around this this water issue in the front country, right? I don't think there is a get around. Well, you either insulate the floor really well, or uh, or you don't get the stove as hot, or I don't know. Like I've seen people with. Uh, they uh, hang reflective trays from the underside of the stove. Ours has one. It has one. Yep. Yeah, I built the little tray. See, we put stuff on there. So we freeze our dinners. Yeah. Like we'll pre-make our dinners and freeze them. Yeah. And then we put them there in the morning. Yeah. So while the stove is going, it's starting to thaw. Oh, okay. And then yeah. in the evenings, when before dinner time, we'll put it on the side tray and it heats up. Yeah. Right? But it's it's at least half thawed. Yeah. From that, the, from the heat underneath, uh, but when I put my hand under that warming tray, it it's cold. Huh. So that's that leads me to how is this? Where melting? is the melting? Yeah, yeah. So hmm. there's got to be a solution. I gotta, I'm gonna come up with something. I'm sure it's but, all uh, that sciencey stuff. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's that sciencey stuff. It's really only a front country problem. It because is. in the back country, there's there's enough uh, you know wood litter and and leaf waste and whatever under uh, under wherever you put you know, put your tent and usually you snowshoe in and you pack it down and there's still mm-hmm. like a couple feet of fluffy ish snow under the tent, so it's it's like as it has some place to go. The snow's and gonna, you just pile logs under to keep your exactly. So you yeah. you create a raft of logs for your stove and and Bob Junkle, right? Yeah. So, huh. so anyway. We, we dealt with it. Yeah. All in all, a great weekend. Was, awesome. was a lot of fun. Right on. Wish I'd go. Um, yeah. Next year. You got to yeah. make sure you're up there next year. Yeah. I was just too busy this year. Couldn't Your get kids are old enough. They'll to really enjoy the ice rink in that. Oh, yeah. They'll, uh, yeah. They're, they're totally into that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else we got here this week? Oh, National Geographic, the website. Yeah. Uh, they've got, I was just going on, I go on there every so often and just look at stuff. They've got an article on there. We'll post it on our Facebook page and stuff like that. A link to, if you want to read the whole thing, but talk about paddling, camping and swimming in the Devil's River and the Amistad Reservoir in Texas. Okay. So. Didn't we talk about a Texas location last time? Oh, we're always talking about Texas. (laughs) Everything apparently happens in Texas. (laughs) It's about four hours west of San Antonio, five hours, uh, from Austin, not too easy to get there is which is makes it a good thing. Yeah. Clear spring fed water runs through limestone canyons and untamed wilderness. Oh, that sounds awesome. Has a reputation as one of the most pristine rivers in Texas. Huh. Uh, you can plan single or multi-day trips that fit your experience level, which is kind of cool. And there's outfitters that can help you with your trip. Paddle one of seven water trails through steep walled canyons to reveal hidden coves, natural springs, and cave walls marked with 4,000-year-old Native American rock art. Oh. Uh, that's, that'd be pretty cool just to, to be seen. Sounds like a great place to um, explore. Lots of spots to stop for a swim. Uh, expect, and they the little waterfalls and stuff like that. Uh, excellent stargazing. It's rated class two. On the Bortle dark sky scale. So the the scale is class one to nine with one being the darkest skies on earth. Really? And this place is a class two. Wow. So, I mean, there's nothing around, right? Huh. So if you want to read the full article and and whatnot, uh, go to nationalgeographic.com 
Uh, they have a little search thing there. You can search Devil's River, and the article will come up. Some pretty good um, uh, pictures on there and, and whatnot. And you can read the full article about a couple of uh, women went on the trip. But uh, we'll post it on our Facebook tri- uh, page so you can directly go right right to it and uh, check it out for yourself. But, yeah, if you're looking to head to Texas and want to get away from everything, that may be a great spot to go. And if you want to pay for us to come with you, just let us know. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just what going. are we drinking tonight? Ah, so this. Clown Punch. This, this is Man Antler beer. This is from where I'm from, Bowmanville. So, uh, or I'm where I'm from now. It's uh, So it's a local brewery, a local microbrew in Bowmanville, Ontario. And uh, so this is Clown Punch. It's a Belgian-style IPA. Strong beer. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of those uh, cloudy beers that some people like. I do like cloudy beers. They're they're nice. They have that extra kick to them, the uh, the flavor kick. So I think it's just the scum from the bottom of the barrel that they don't know what to do with. They, they stick it. In the, <laughs> they don't feel. They it. stick it in a can and say, ah, "I'll just give it to these guys. We'll call it something <laughs> fancy, and they'll drink it." And here we are drinking it. <laughs> uh, we've talked about uh, we talked a little bit about things like this before. Not everybody has the luxury of a big basement or a garage, so full-size kayaks are not an option. Yeah, so if you have a condo, if you're in a townhouse, if you don't have a... Exactly. Some people are being... A lot of these manufacturers, they see the need. Yeah. They see the need. You're people, renting a house, yeah. you don't have access to anything else, yeah. you know, your apartment. Yeah. There's a There's been a growth in folding and inflatable kayaks that are small enough to fit inside your car and be stored in your apartment. Uh, and yeah, this is a big deal, especially for people that live in cities like downtown Toronto, for instance, uh, but enjoy getting on the water. You can go out and rent a kayak if you want. Uh, but eventually, like if you're out there constantly, what you spend in rental fees is going to amount to what you would have paid for a new kayak Yeah. anyway, right? Um. And with the amount of people that are getting out nowadays, you may get stuck not getting a rental. Exactly, you may come up short. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. they're all uh, all gone, right? So one of the ben- benefits, or I guess one of the bonuses uh, of a foldable or inflatable kayak, you don't have to deal with roof racks and tie down straps. There you go, stick it in the trunk. Another pause, right, right in the trunk. Stick it right in the trunk. So there's folding and inflatable kayaks. Foldables are made of a rigid plastic that folds up sort of like an origami swan or something like that, right? It it's folds out and it's got a couple of folds, that sort of thing. So just like an origami, origami thing. Inflatables consist of an inflatable shell, which are sometimes reinforced with some sort of internal structure. Uh, things to consider when choosing one are weight of the boat, setup time, durability, lifespan, how much weight it will hold. Keep in mind where you plan to use the kayak because, I mean, the majority of them aren't like a real fiberglass, no. solid, non-folding so style. these are fairly solid, but they do have a little bit of give. Little, yeah. They're, they're, yeah, it's something to get used to, but... Yeah, are are you going to use it in the ocean, on a lake or river? Are you doing easy paddling, long paddles? Are you checking out rapids and other harsh conditions? This is stuff that you need to think about. 
So there's nine different uh, ones here to to take a peek at. And I remembered what it was just two, maybe three years ago when we first started covering these foldable or inflatable kayaks. Well, like, that was about five years. Was ago, it yeah. that long? Yeah, ago? yeah. So Oru was one of the first yeah. ones we saw the Oru kayaks. on the market. Yeah, and uh, it, the popularity is there apparently for enough to uh, you know there's uh, these nine different manufacturers that we know of. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's the way to go, and so they're they're feeding a need. So people are finding that you know they don't have a place to store a kayak. They they have a smaller car. They want to be able to go on their motorcycle and and pack it up and bring it in that way and go on trips with them. Yeah, that sort of thing. So there's the Oru Kayak Beach LT by Oru Kayak. Um, this is one of the ones that we first came to our attention was Oru Kayak. Great for lakes and rivers. Assembles in five to ten minutes. Now you got to take that with a grain of salt. Um, <laughs> the, first the first time, time <laughs> two, you're going to do it, it's not going to take you know yeah. five to ten minutes. No, it's going to take you six days. <laughs> There'll be a lot of swearing. <laughs> you have spare parts. And you'll again. have spare parts. <laughs> Where does this go? <laughs> yeah. uh, it weighs twenty five pounds. That's not too bad. No, five millimeter double layered polypyrene uh, plastic for strength and stability. It is 12 feet, one inch long. It folds to 33 by 12 by 29, which is pretty cool. It will hold 300 pounds. <laughs> so we're good. <laughs> good for beginners and weekend warriors. There you go. Uh, you're looking at $1,200 US. Um, now I've noticed right now, if you're looking at a lot of places have, uh, these foldable kayaks on sale right now. I don't know what the deal is about right this particular, about February, you know, I'd figure maybe March, April, but, uh, no, right now there seem to be sales on these. Uh, so that 1200 us is, is, um, what it's going for. My canoe duo by Ori canoe holds two people and gear. Two person. Yeah, there's a couple of these that are two people, two people canoes. So or, this is sorry, an actual kayaks. canoe. This is not a. This is a sorry, ca- this is it's, kayak it's, or canoe? It's, it's both. Uh, <laughs> some of them have <laughs> covers. Yeah, right. Okay, so yeah. holds two people in gear. Weighs forty three pounds, which is heavier than uh, my um, Swift Osprey. Can hold up to four hundred and eighty pounds. Yeah. Quite the load, yeah. 14 and a half feet long. Folds to 36 by 27 by 10, which is pretty much the same size as the Oru kayak. Yeah, pretty close. Five mil double layer polypropylene. Sets up in five minutes. Again, (laughs) not the first five times. They have attachments like sails, rod holders, stabilizer kits. So they got extras that you can you can get for this. Fourteen hundred US. Fairly consistent for pricing so far. Mm-hmm. The Oru Coast XT, which is another Oru kayak, aluminum cockpit latches and extra reinforced strap anchor points. Comes with the Oru pack, so you can carry it, uh, carry the kayak when folded for trekking, bringing on an airplane. That sort of thing. Something like that would be great for Iceland, I think. Yeah. 
parts of Iceland. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 32 pounds and holds up to 400 pounds. 16.2 feet long, 25 inches wide. Folds to 33 by 14 by 29. Again, fairly compact. Again, fairly compact. Sets up in 10 to 15 minutes. Can handle open ocean, rough water, and even class three rapids. So that would be the one, I think, if we were heading to Iceland to take. Yes. Because we want to yeah. go back, right? Uh, 1200 bucks US. Then there's the Advanced Frame Sport Kayak, the AE1017 by Advanced Elements. Lightweight and portable and beginner friendly. Extra leg room for tall paddlers. Hello. <laughs> Inflatable with built-in aluminum ribs for shape and stability. Has an adjustable backrest. Ten and a half feet long, weighs 26 pounds. Max capacity is 250 pounds. Folds to 30 by 17 by 8. Wow. That's pretty small. Yep. Great for day tripping, but not for extended trips when you need to bring gear. I mean, if you look like 220 pounds and it only takes 250, you're getting away with 30 pounds of gear for a long trip? No. Uh, 500 bucks US. See, now that's... uh so there's a few things going forward, and and so it uh, it it is a low price, but uh, it seems that you're getting a low price device, right? It sounds fiddly, it sounds mm-hmm. complicated. It but sounds- I think this is one that if you're just going out to Toronto Harbor, paddling all the time, something like yep. that, yep. this would be perfect. If you're just looking to get out on a local river all the time, this one would be perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have the Razorite. 393RL by Sea Eagle, made with drop stitch material, so it's fabric made from a tough polyester threads. This is inflatable. Uh, 35 pounds can hold up to 500 pounds. Sets up in 10 minutes. 12 and a half feet long. Folds up to 22 by 22 by 12. Again, that's even getting you know getting that yeah. Smaller by one direction there. Has the feel and maneuverability of a regular kayak. Really? Hmm. I see some of the the inflatable ones seem to be really maneuverable and tough because if you blow them up to the right PSI, everything is pretty rock solid yep. on the sides, right? Yep. Uh, $1,100 US. Then there's the AE-107... One thousand and seven R by Advanced Elements. And they're the ones that made the uh, five hundred dollar one that we we're talking about, the Advanced Frame yeah. Sport Kayak. Yeah. yeah, this one's fifteen feet long, weighs fifty two pounds, can hold five hundred and fifty pounds. Great for camping and fishing. Drop stitch rigid floor, open or closed cockpit styles, so you can choose what you want for the day. Uh, convert between one and two seats. Folds to 35 by 21 by 12. This one's really... Um, make a, has, has a lot of different ways you can set it up. Yep. 900 bucks. See, these all seem pretty affordable. These ones do, yeah. 
Well, when you're looking, you know, you look at a new kayak, you're looking at a couple of grand easy. Exactly. Yeah. Three grand, whatever. Yeah. You know, so 900 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scout one by HO Sports. Good for multi-day trips. Rigid drop stitch floor and armor shark reinforced side bladders. Again, inflatable along the go. sides, right? Yep. yep. Handles rough waters, bungee storage areas on the front and back. Ergonomic high back seat with built-in rod holders. There you go. So your rods, there's little holders on the back of the seat that your rods just slip into. Yep. So as you're paddling along or whatever, you can be uh, trolling behind you. 13 feet long, 54 pounds. That one's pretty hefty. That one didn't say how much weight. I couldn't find a spec on mm-hmm. how much it'll hold. But 1200 bucks US. There you go. Yeah, the the weight you'll find, some of them are... are you're thinking, wow, that's really uh, fifty four is about as heavy as my prospect. It's getting up there, right? For, yeah. yeah. If I yeah, if I if if I didn't, the only reason I'd buy one like this is because I don't have room for a, a proper canoe or kayak. Yeah. Especially at that weight. Uh, then there's the Tuck Tech foldable kayak by Fold Up Kayaks, stable enough for fishing and paddling calm lakes and rivers. Durable and rigid, intended for beginner and recreational paddlers. Folding kayak, 10 feet long, weighs 28 pounds, holds 300 pounds. Very wide and low in the middle. 350 bucks. There you go. This is no nonsense. This is, I wouldn't trust this one. No. This is my own personal. If you actually look at, if you Google one of these mm-hmm. Tuck Tech foldable kayaks, it's like somebody's taken a flat piece of paper, just folded the ends together sort of thing, and right. you, know, you put a staple. So what as basic as you get? That's pretty, yeah, it's it's pretty much as basic as you get <laughs> for 350 bucks. Yeah. But it's good for beginners, and it's, it's something that'll roll up, and you can throw it in your car or in a closet, that sort of thing, right? But when you say, and, and you hear it often, it's like, oh, this is a great starter model, great beginner model. It's like, well, that means you're going to grow out of it really quick if you stick to the sport, right? Well, that's exactly it. Um, so you buy it, use it. If you, if you really get into it, you're going to be maybe buying a, a better one same season or the next. Yeah. And I mean, do you spend the 350 now and then end up spending 1200 later? Yeah. <laughs> You know, mind you, you might be able to pawn this off on somebody too, make a couple of bucks back. Yes. You know, yeah. so. Uh, the last one is the Challenger K1 by Intex. Um, their selling point on this one. Best option for the broke paddler. 170 bucks. <laughs> I like what the, how they say that. That's up for the broke paddle. <laughs> 170 bucks? 170 bucks. You know the old saying, you get what you pay for? Yeah, 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 yeah. For those that just want to be floating on the water, you can take this to the beach or cottage for some fun. Inflatable, but it looks like a pool toy. Oh, okay. Nine feet long, weighs 28 pounds, deflates to 16 and a quarter by 23 by 18. Eight pretty and small. a half, so it does yeah. roll up pretty. You know when you go to the pool and you see somebody's got one of those big inflatable crocodiles they're laying on? That's pretty much what it reminds mm-hmm. me of. Holds 220 pounds, though. Yeah, that's not too bad. You know what? That's for somebody that wants to get on the water and doesn't really care. 
we're going for a beach day. Grab your your inflatables, and that's what you're you're grabbing for 170 bucks. Yeah, again, you're getting what something you're for the kids to play with at the beach or something. So not so worried about it getting destroyed. Uh, no. Well, that's exactly it. But if out of all these, I would be looking at the I think the Oru Coast XT by Oru Kayak. That's the first brand we were talking about was the Oru when they first came out. I think I'd still stick with one of those. Especially yeah, yeah. 32 pounds holds up to 400. Good for um, class three rapids. Yeah. For a foldable kayak. <laughs> I'd be. Do you not remember we had said, I wonder what would happen if somebody took one of these on a backcountry canoe trip? Well, you'd. you'd like, would it survive? You'd really have to think about that, yeah. But when you're looking at this, they say you could use them in class three rapids and stuff like that. They must have upped the game on on some of these over the years. Yeah. So, so yeah, if you're looking to get yourself a, a foldable or inflatable kayak, those are your options. There's quite a few options now, and I'm, I'm surprised. Now, I'm seeing this as, so do you remember the, the, the renaissance of the uh, all the new stand-up paddle boards, and there was like a flood of the markets. There was like 200 manufacturers across the world, and uh, but slowly it rebalanced, and, and about 80% of those manufacturers, uh, they kind of, they died off, they went away. Just It's hard to sustain, sustain the business side of it when you have so many people making the same thing. It's like your market margins gets really thin but uh with the uh i wonder if that's what's happening with these kayak things like it's uh there's so many now on the market these inflatables uh just just like the stand-up paddle boards that you wonder is this going to come to a correction but there seems to be a span of really good to beginner models out there that if there's options here for you to consider whether you want oh yeah i'm gonna get the 170 dollar one i'm gonna try it out Hey, if it works out, maybe I'll buy a more expensive one. Mm-hmm. Or you say, oh, this was a bad idea. Yeah, I don't know that I'd go with the $170. <laughs> maybe not. But, you know, you could start with a $500 model, and if it works yeah. out really well, you like it, then, like, uh, some of these ones, it, now, when it comes to, like, a, a fly-in fishing trip or some of these trips where where you may have a, a couple guys, but, you know, these, these uh, small airplanes can only take one canoe. Yeah. But uh, they can seat five or six. Yeah. So hey, if you want to take in a bunch of kayaks and they drop you off and and uh, well, one canoe and one kayak, sort there of you thing, go. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's it makes it easier. It, it uh, gives you more options to get into the backcountry. And I've I've heard stories of people doing some uh, like Nahani, sections of the Nahani with these things just to try them out. And they want you know they dropped in, did some you know, class three and stuff like that and just to just to try out and see what these things were like and and so it worked out well but they said that they wouldn't want to kind of rely on it for uh, for their lives not a right? full trip no no not a no. full trip no. no so anyway uh give those ones a whirl and uh i don't, I don't like i said i would go with the the oru kayak one Yes, that would yeah. be, but I think it's just because we've we've seen it, we've touched it, so we've looked at uh, where would we go? We went to Complete Paddler, and yeah. we were actually looking at the Oro and and checking it out. So it's uh, it's one of the few that I've had actual eyeballs on. So it's uh, so I have confidence that I would be happy with an Oro, but uh, we'll see what uh, see if we can over the next uh, s- several seasons. I'm going to start taking a little closer look at some of these. Just to see what you know, the quality, and you know, see what they look like. Take one out for a spin. 
I would love to. I'd like yeah. to. I, I'd love to get the out on the Oru. It, it looks like a nice kayak. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, one thing I noticed this week is there seems to be a uptick in a lot of paddling races, festivals, and events. Yeah. All of a sudden, dates are starting coming out of the woodwork. Exactly. So I think things are lightening up and conditions are becoming more favorable that uh, outdoor shows and outdoor events and races mm-hmm. are slowly starting to get back onto the calendar. Yeah, it looks like there's a lot of them returning this year. I fully expect, um, you know, there's going to be some sort of precautions taking as needed and you know, it looks like people are ready to get back into some of the, you know, some sort of normalcy. And dragon boat racing seems to be a oh, big yeah? one. Okay. Um, the uh, number of dragon boat festivals, uh, dragon boat clubs, looking for new members, that sort of thing is like is. It seems like they're just busting to get out of the gate, right? Paddling clubs are looking for new members. Yeah. All these race dates are now set. And, nice. and all through, like from from June straight through to September is what I'm seeing. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're starting to advertise the race dates and stuff yeah. like that. So we'll uh, hopefully, uh, you know, like I say, people are chomping at the bit to get back to some normal. Oh, yeah. And yeah. As long as it's done smart, I think I, I personally don't see why it, it can't start happening. Yes, we've been you through. Know? It's been a long night. The sunrise is coming. Things are starting to look up or... Things are starting to improve, so I'm looking forward to getting back to normal and making it out to some of these outdoor events and some of these outdoor shows and seeing some of these races happening again, like life is normal again. Yeah, I can't wait to get out to see some of this stuff. Like I say, we were all set for a great summer. We're crossing the border yeah. to head to a few people down oh, the states to check yeah. them out, and yeah. then everything happened, yeah. and then, yeah, grinding halt, you know. I look forward to, like, our foreign correspondent. When's the last time we saw him in person? Good Do God. we even have one anymore? <laughs> I know. <laughs> we can't even get him on the show anymore. He's, he's, he's so busy and stuff. So I sent him a message today. So how's the alligator dodging and manatee, <laughs> manatee molesting going on? <laughs> yeah, I got a message from him from his inReach. He messaged me and said, things are going well, yada, yada, yada. And good. so it was, it was good to hear from him. It's, uh, it's nice to see that he's, uh, he's on the mend for his, uh, his injured back and uh, he's getting out there and doing stuff. Awesome. Um, we do have a couple events here that are coming up. One next, one's next week. The Quiet Adventure Symposium. Ah, yes. Virtual only again this year, as we've mentioned. March 1st, which is only five days away. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, we're here already. Usually be, so like next weekend, we would be heading to the, we'd be heading to Michigan. What? March 1st is a... It's a Tuesday. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, Normally they would oh, hold no. it on a weekend. Yeah, so it'd be the, the actually it would be yes the February last February weekend. Yeah. So actually in tomorrow we'd be today tomorrow tomorrow yeah. we'd, we'd be, be looking to be a, heading a vehicle to the, heading south heading south already. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Ten dollar tickets gets you access to the one day event plus access to twenty plus online presentations. Mm-hmm. Uh, quietwatersociety.org for more information and to get your tickets. Canoe Copia in Madison, Wisconsin is in person and virtual this year. 
March 11th to 13th, so that's in another couple weeks. Uh, Rutabaga.com backslash Canucopia for all your information on the show, presenters, tickets, you name it. The Toronto Outdoor Adventure Show uh, is in person this year. April 29th to May 1st. Two months away. Uh, Now, I was talking to uh, one of the organizers there today, uh, getting some more information and stuff, and um, I'm contemplating going to that one. At least take a day and go check it out. Mm -hmm. So, uh, if you want more information, outdooradventureshow.ca for locations, times, presentations, dates, or uh, ticket prices, all that sort of thing. And check that out. There, there is one in Vancouver, Calgary, and Ottawa. Ottawa or Montreal? Montreal, I think. Hmm. Uh, oh, the Ottawa was yeah. a special one. That's it a was different. Yeah, that's that's and totally it shut different down one. for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, that one's totally has no connection to yeah. this one. But uh, yeah, so there's other ones as well, and you can find all that information at outdooradventureshow.ca. Now, as I'm sitting here, I am um, having. There was a rumor. Oh, are you actually... That went around. I keep seeing you messaging somebody. I'm getting a message as we speak, uh, because as we got into our events and stuff like this, all of a sudden, I get this thing pops up that says, looks like we are a go. So when we were were in Algonquin on the weekend, and I got a text saying, hey... The Ontario Backcountry Canoe Symposium, if they can get enough vendors with everything being relaxed and things starting to get back into the swing of things, April 9th in Windsor. What? Or it's not Windsor, uh, Waterloo. Kitchener-Waterloo, yeah. I have too many cities with W. (laughs) In Winnipeg. What? He's moving it. (laughs) (laughs) In in Winnipeg, Waterloo, Windsor, I don't know where. In Waterloo, uh, the 9th is when they're looking at having it. That's that's really close. If they can find enough vendors to make it worth the while. Would it still be in the same spot at the... uh, Oh, yeah. The Theater of the Arts... building at the University of Waterloo, right? So, um, you know, lots of things need to fall in place to Mm -hmm. make sure it happens. So that was the little thing that was going, our emails were scooting back and forth, and I'd sent David Bain a message saying, if it's going to happen, let us know. We'll be happy to partake again, like always, that sort of thing. And as we start getting into this subject tonight, David Bain actually sent me a message. Looks like we are a go. Nice. Um, tickets go on sale twelve oh one a.m. Friday morning. Well, there this you is go. like this doesn't get any fresh fresher. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking news! Breaking news! Uh, OntarioBackcountryCanoe.ca. You'll be able to get your uh, tickets there. Theater of the Arts, University of Waterloo. This venue requires that masks be worn at all times when indoors. Vaccine passports with QR codes must be scanned to enter. That's of right now. That may change because yeah. they're talking about getting rid of those. I assume it's still going to. They're going to limit the number of people in the theater, right? Uh, online self check must also be completed to enter the campus. Measures are the policy of the University of Waterloo, and apply to all events that take place on the campus. Mm-hmm. So this has nothing to do with Ontario backcountry. 
No, uh, it's, there, it's the venue. That's the venue itself yeah. saying that. Online self check. Oh, that must be one of those. Are you feeling okay? Yeah, do the, the you know, the eight question survey. Blibbity blubbity blib. Um, he says there's information here. Sorry, this is just brand new to me too on speakers and uh, speakers and schedules. Who's speaking? Adam Schultz, John Babaluk of uh, Simple Fishing Strategies, the Backcountry Canoe Tripping, Brad and Leah Jennings, Mercedes Rogers at home and in the bush, spending a month in a Tomogamy wilderness with the entire family, and doors open at nine. And ten till noon is twenty till noon is Mercedes Rogers and John Babaluk. Noon till one is lunch, and one till three thirty Brad Jennings and Adam Schultz. Adam Schultz will be talking about uh, investigating a wilderness mystery in Labrador. Ah, so that'd be his the book. new book. Yes, right? right on. So that's what's happening right now. Top of the line news as it happens. <laughs> the ticker tape. Breaking Nice. So yeah, Friday morning. So tomorrow morning at 12.01 a.m. That you'll be able to get www.ontariobackcountrycanoe.ca. Your ticket link is there and everything. So... So if you, think, if, well, so, if, so yeah, anybody saved, if anybody saves their uh, the podcast for the summer, then uh, yeah, you missened it. It was a couple yeah, months if ago. Anybody <laughs> listen to this after April 9th, two thousand twenty-two? Yeah. Please disregard. <laughs> All right, so that's uh, that's a good thing that that's that's happening. That's, that's going to be awesome, right exciting. Uh, so I might actually be at two events this year. There you go. The the Toronto, Toronto Show Adventure and Show. the OBCS. Hey, and you know what? I'm going to send them a message, see if we can get free passes to get in the Toronto Adventure Show again this Vendor. Year. Vendor pass. Yeah. <laughs> Journalists. Media. Media pass. Media passes, yeah. baby. All right. I just threw away my media pass from the Toronto Outdoor Show that we went three years ago? Two years ago? Three or four years ago. 1980. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's uh, it's strange that this has been two years since every all so many things have been canceled, right? I, you know what, I go. There's days where I'm looking like, no, it wasn't that long ago, and then you start looking at things that, well, that happened, then that, yeah, it's been like three years. <laughs> wow, time, yeah. yeah, I just can't keep track of time. Time so. flies when you're not having fun. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that's all I've got this week. Yeah, I covered um, all my stuff. Yeah, what else is? You're going to Wabakimi. Yes. yes. Uh, so, I am going to a couple of different places. So this was uh, committed uh, just about a week ago. It was uh, Tuesday of last week, I think. Or it was a Tuesday. <laughs> it was a t- yes. So it was, uh, I, because uh, my normal uh, paddle partner, Mike Burns, he was, uh, he didn't think he was going to be able to make it. So it kind of cooled the... Uh, it cooled me off ongoing, and I thought, yeah, well, you know, I'd have to dig up a paddle partner from somewhere. And and so Mike's back in, so it's like, okay, we're guaranteed. So we've uh, we've guaranteed our way into a two-week Wabakimi trip. I'm excited. Are you it's flying fly in, in or are it's you? It's a fly-in trip. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So awesome. he's getting, what did he say? It's, uh, anyways, he carries a whole bunch of canoes. Not a Labrador, it's a. Osprey. Anyways, it's a big plane. He's booked two Excellent. planes, 
right Excellent. now. Excellent. And there's enough people going in. There's only going to be like five, maybe six. Well, and Mike bucks. always does the uh, little videos too. Yes. So yeah, that'll be cool. It will be amazing. Awesome. And it's not a just a backcountry trip. There's a little bit of whitewater. There's we're doing a whitewater route through Wabakimi. So woohoo! Good. good, 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 good. Very exciting. Awesome. So this will be the. 2022 edition of the Burt Reynolds Memorial River Run. Excellent. Which was canceled that year, last year, because of low water levels yep. on the uh, the Moose and the uh, Missinabe Miss, Miss, Miss River. So hopefully next year you can get up there. They'll you'll be more. So I had looking I, forward. I had to. planned on going up to Moosey Moose Factory with Grant Brower, and uh, but it was. Things were still so up in the air. Like we may still try and plan something, but uh, with uh, with COVID the way it is, a lot of northern communities do not want people just mm-hmm. wandering through, right? Yeah. So, so that's why I say give the extra year. Give it a year, and then should be good. So I think. in 2023, I uh, plan wholeheartedly of making. There's one of three routes. There's Trappers Creek, uh, Missinabe, or uh, Abitibi River. That uh, one of those three rivers, we're going to make it all the way up. You did it. You just took the we train. We took the train to Moose, to River, the Moose Crossing, River Crossing. Spent a few days traveling yeah. up to Moosonee. Mm-hmm. Um, went through a bit of a hurricane. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then came home. Lost the tarp. Yeah. Yeah. Lost so tarp, we're planning yeah. on uh, like a, at least a 10 to 14 day trip uh, uh, doing a whitewater trip. And well, it even doesn't matter. Like with the, with the Missinabe, it's uh, only the first few days you'd have whitewater. And then it's big, white, flat. Just kind of go with the flow down the river type thing, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's going to be a nice trip. I've never been so far north, so dun, I'm, dun, dun. I'm looking forward to it. It's it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's that. Awesome. Excellent. Keep us informed. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that it? Uh, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> awesome. If you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download or stream the episodes from iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Player FM, and all your pod, uh, favorite podcast downloading sites. Go to the episodes page at paddlingadventuresradio.com and you can listen or download all, what's this, 315 episodes. Uh, if you enjoy our podcast, please share it with your friends, family, and fellow paddlers. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time.